1: Can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching, without someone giving them words of life? And how can they preach unless they are sent, unless they have a burden, and are willing to go and speak words of life?
0: How beautiful are the feet of those who bring! Good news. Lost people matter to God, and they should matter to you and to me. Our main purpose in life is to know God and make Him known. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that we're called to go out and rescue lost souls, and the way we do that is by sharing the good news. We need to keep in mind that what comes out of our mouth and how we live our lives is a direct reflection of what we believe about God. So, if we're going to join him in sharing his vision with the world, we need to have genuine faith, not generic religion. Listen in to learn how to effectively go and share your words of life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 36, with his continuing study entitled, there's life in our words.
1: Oh, let us hear your lessons for
0: lost people
1: matter to God. When I can see a Muslim nation is 50% Christian, we're not even close. Shame on us. You know why we're not close? I'll challenge you. The burden is not there. The burden for lost people is not there. God wants to change that. Well, look at verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was always in the marketplace around lost people. He knew that being around them was not enough. They needed to be touched. They needed to be taught. They needed to understand the word of God. And he preached to them and supernaturally healed them. So this is the fourth of our words, how they connect us. They connect us with God. God connects us with him. They connect us with believers, other people. Here's the fourth, and write it down. Our words also connect us with people, but this time, unbelievers. See, we weren't put here just to interact with believers, as Jesus shows us. Now, notice what Jesus was doing in verse 35 and 36. Notice what he's doing. He's casting vision for his disciples. He's casting vision. And do you notice in verse 35, excuse me, verse 36, what is is verse 36? Verse 36 is the burden. Do you see it? Lost people, they don't know how to do it. That's the burden. From that comes a vision. He's casting it. He's burdened for the lost, helpless people. He's burdened for these people because he knows where they're heading. A Christless hell. So he's casting vision for his disciples to see and feel. Because, see, he's casting the vision, but his disciples will carry it out. I'm casting the vision from God tonight, renewed to us. But all of us are to carry it out. Not just some of us, not just the pastors, impossible to get done. Now, the lost people, what were they waiting for? Words of life. Words of life. Nobody had spoken to them words of life. They're clueless. Now, look at, you'll see this vision casting from Jesus, words for his disciples. So watch the words he gives his disciples, verse 37. Then he said, these are words to his disciples. The harvest is plentiful. There's lots of lost people, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Not a Calvary Chapel's harvest field. It's not First Baptist, Presbyterian. It's his harvest field. We're all just working together. We're servants for him. Now, he probably shocked his disciples saying the harvest was plentiful. There's lots of religious people, but they're clueless. Even the people that are coming and I don't even know who they are. But I guarantee you, if they're a percentage of way America is, they're lost. Most of them are clueless. They, don't, uh, they think they're going to heaven because they're good people. They don't open the Bible. They never study the Bible. And that isn't bad. We were all there at one time. They just need to hear words of life. So the problem was there were not enough workers to go. So Jesus says, pray for more people to speak words of life. That's what God is saying to you tonight. So I want you in your own private time in the mornings, I want you just to, just to write however you want to write it. God, how can I help reach the lost? I want you to begin praying starting tomorrow morning. I don't want you to take it off of you. Remember, we're doing the book of James. We're praying for lost loved ones. James 1.1. So you begin praying. Everything starts with prayer. You know why? Where's the burden? Prayer. When we see the lost, we're burdened for them. We're burdened for them. So I want you to just begin doing that. Every morning. Every day we're coming to God and saying, God, we're going. We're praying. We want to be those workers that do it. So I want you to write this down. Let me explain how that's all going to work. Next thing. Jesus gives the vision... I don't give the vision. This isn't my role. Habakkuk didn't give the vision. He just prayed for God's solution. And God said, all right, now write it down. I'm giving you the vision. No man gets that vision. It's from God, always. Jesus gives the vision. Then Christ's followers carry it out by doing two things. Going. You have to go where the lost people are. You'll see it. And speaking. What? Words of life. See, the tongue is powerful. Out of our mouth comes words of life. The words of death. Well, Pastor, I go to those people, they're lost people, and they're this and that lifestyle over here and whatever. That's words of death. Words of life. John 7, 37, Out of your innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Words of life for the lost. Now, all I need to do right now is to begin praying. We're looking for creative ways God's opening these doors of opportunity. We're praying. How can we be creative? We're not trying to bombard them. We're just trying to befriend them and help them. Well, here's a new person coming into our neighborhood. Man, let's, let's bake a cake and take it over to them and just invite them to church and, and just be real. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Who's going to give you that creativity? God's going to give you that creativity. say, so, well, I'll just wait for them to make the move. Thank you. They're not going to make the move. You are the ones that have words of life. So we're not bombarding people. Jesus went where the people were. He had a burden for them. He spoke words of life to them. Now turn with me to John 6, 63. Look what Jesus says. The Spirit gives life. That's why you have to pray. God will have creative ways. It'll be the Spirit guiding us. If you're a follower of Christ, you're led by the Spirit. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, Jesus says, are spirit in their life. Now look down at verse 68. This is an amazing principle. Make sure you get it. Between those verses, Jesus had some hard teaching. In between verse 63 and 68, it says, almost all his followers walked away. They left. This was too hard to teach and I I ain't following Jesus no more. And Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, you going to walk away too? And look at Peter's response. Now, we make a lot of fun of Peter, but he gets it right quite a few times. Look at his words. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord To whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. See, the words that Jesus was speaking were not just words. But they're words that were filled with the Spirit of God, which produced life. Now, what was Peter trying to say? He would see this later. I want you to write this down. Peter got it. We have to get it. If a person believes Jesus' words, they will have life eternal life. But they have to know what those words are to believe. That's where you and I come in. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Now, how did that work? Jesus said lots of words of life. Remember to Nicodemus? Here's words of life to Nicodemus. Nick, you must be born again. That's words of life. No choice. If you believe... If you're born again, if you confess, you'll be right with God. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he got it right. 3,000 people listened to his words. What was his words about? There's only one way to God, and that's Jesus Christ, the one you just crucified. 3,000 people got it. They got eternal life. Philip, in a big revival, God leads him to Gaza, desert. One man, one man. One man. Don't... that's why I've got thousands of people. I can't... can't th- one man. One woman. He shared with them the gospel. about Jesus? God. Words of life. What happened? Ethiopian got saved. Got baptized. Went back to Ethiopia. Still to this day, hundreds of thousands of Christians in Ethiopia. Why? Philip was burdened and obeyed the spirit And spoke words of life. That's who you and I are. We're the workers. All of us. Together. Now, remember again, and be very sensitive with this. You would never walk to a person and go, well, I'm sure you probably don't know anything about the Bible. That's that's crass. That's horrible. Because you don't know what they know. But as they see your life, remember, our words and our life have to match. So if you have a burden for lost people, then your words are going to be sweet. They're going to be led by the Spirit. They're going to be words of life. By the way, the only people in our communities that have words of life are Christians. The rest of the community doesn't have words of life because they don't have the life. He who has a son has life. He who doesn't have a son doesn't have life. So you and I are the only words. We're the only people that have words of life. And it's because God made us born again. We're filled with life. Listen to Helen Keller. Because I know some of you are like, I'm not sure of this vision stuff. Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's already given his vision to us. Listen to Helen Keller, blind Helen Keller. It's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. That is power. It's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. See, Helen Keller had vision. She had no sight, but she had vision. You have sight. You should have vision. Well, the next thing we see, Jesus, before he goes back, he casts the vision again. He does it in Matthew 28. He does it here in Mark 16. Take a look. You know this. Speaking to his disciples at the end. And he told them, say it with me, everybody. Go. Come on. Let's say to you, Go. Now, where does it mean go? Go to the communities. Go to the people, people at work, people in the restaurants, people driving, new to the stores, wherever. God, pray. Pray. God will open doors. He wants them saved way more than you do. And it's not just about this church I told you. It's about all of our churches in the communities. We're family here. Now, he said, go into all the world. Preach the good news to who? Everyone. So how do we do that? Well, we do it with our words. We do it with our good works. We do it with illustrations. I mean, our team going out west are doing it with shoes for the kids. But that's going to open up. Many of our mission trips now are medical. What do we do the medical? Well, we want to touch them as Jesus did. But while you're touching them and healing them, guess what? They're open to words of life. So understand, go with me last to Romans chapter 10, if you will i got two more things to go through quickly. You know this passage, but it's pretty powerful for all of us. Just to be reminded. Paul writes it, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that's a promise that's amazing. Not 80%, not 92% everyone. Now watch the flow. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? That's what I'm trying to say to you. And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching, without someone giving them words of life? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Unless they They have a burden and are willing to go and speak words of life. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So our feet are going to take us to new employees and businesses, to schools where the kids are, to universities. They're going to take us to new neighborhoods, down the street, new homes. As God begins to do this, people move in and out, new jobs, all these kind of things. God's going to get our feet there. His message, this passage, makes it clear. His vision is the whole world. By the way, we've been doing this. We have hundreds and hundreds of people get saved every year. Thousands, actually. So this isn't new for us. But he's opening the door and sending many more new. And so we have to be ready. They're searching for purpose immediately. They don't know that God is the only one that has purpose for them. So we're here to share that with them. So I want you to write this down, and then I'm going to unpack this next little passage. Here we go. We go to where the unbelievers are and then speak Jesus' words of life. Some of you like to put Facebook and all that stuff and Twitter and all that stuff. Get it out there. And so, we go to where the unbelievers are. So, now, and let me give you an illustration. I don't need you to turn there, but you can just write this down. You can look it up later. Luke 14. It's an amazing parable from Jesus, and it's a parable of the great feast. And he uses this great feast to illustrate the importance of accepting his invitation to the feast, to the feast. And, of course, it's an invitation to salvation. It's an invitation to heaven. He just uses feast as an analogy. Jesus was inviting, having lots of people invited to the feast. But many people who were invited made all kinds of excuses. You're familiar with that. All kinds of excuses. So in the end, Jesus basically says this. Go wherever there are people go to the people that would never be invited to a feast just go to them just go to them and invite them and we see the heart of jesus with that just go to get get anybody off the street anybody i don't care what's the heart of jesus look at this verse when i was studying about this it just grabbed me watch this then the master told his service his servant go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in. It's not force him. It's say, man, there's a great feast. There's salvation coming spiritually for us. Uh, it's exciting. Come on over. And why does why does Jesus say, go to everybody? I mean, people are going to make excuses. Fine. Leave them alone. Go to people that won't make excuses. that will come. Why? Here it is. So that my house woo, will be full. What does God want with heaven? Well, 10%. No, he wants his house full. Because lost people matter to God. He doesn't want a little trinkling of people. That's our response. That's the heart of God. That's the burden of Jesus right there in that parable. Invite whoever. Because my house needs to be full. Would you say our churches need to be full? I've lost people coming to Jesus Christ. And remember what God says in his word? Give and it will be what? given to you. So here's what I'm going to leave you with right now. We start with prayer. Your quiet time every day. Just put that down. Put that at the top of your journal, however you do, writing, whatever. God, I'm praying for the new vision. Help me be creative and be ready. By the way, you don't have to wait till he sends people. There's lots of lost people already around us. So just be praying. When you're out walking in the neighborhoods Pray for your neighbors again. Let's get back burden for them. And be praying, bathing in prayer. God answers prayer. Just do that. And uh, let me remind you of something. Out of our mouth comes words of life and words of death. Now, God's heart is love. But he is a just God. And to be honest, here's the burden. None of us here, including Jesus... Jesus hated saying these words. The words Jesus spoke to people who thought they were believers, he said it with love, but they weren't words of life. Here's words that come from a just God. You don't want any of your relatives, friends, neighbors, the new people, you don't want them to ever hear this word from God. I never knew you. Depart from me that's hell forever God didn't want to say it but he had no choice he's a just God we have the words of life and here's what the word of life is when we use God's words of life we partner with God see it's not our life our words are like eternal life that's God's eternal life so we're partnering with God that's what gives us the power It's God working through us. Now, what kind of words of life can I leave you with tonight? I want to give you this last verse. You've already seen it. But these are amazing words of life that we can share. To anybody, any circumstance, anything in their life, take a look. Romans 10, 13. Say it with me. All the campuses, let's say it together. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, that's words of life. Everyone that calls. On the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Awesome, isn't it? We have the privilege of having a burden and then having a God that gives us a vision. And then he empowers us to do all things. When Jesus died on the cross, he was still giving words of life. Let me remind you of a couple. It is finished. See, you you can't be good enough. The work of salvation is done. It's by grace. You'll never earn it. You'll never get there by yourself. That's words of life. It is finished. And here's the other wonderful word of life from the cross. Father, forgive them. I want you to think of one thing. Maybe I've said some words that we talked about to a spouse or to a friend that... They really weren't life-giving. They were tearing down. Maybe you have to go to that person and say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And then, would you say this to God tonight? God, I want your burden for the lost. And then help me to be creative, because I want to reach the lost. I know your heart. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
0: With eternity in the balance, let's consider what we've been learning. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But they can't cry out if they haven't heard, and they won't hear unless we go to where they are and speak the Savior's words of life. Pastor Mark wants us to remember we partner with God when we care about lost souls. Let's do life right together and impact those we can with the reality of God's vision for their lives.
1: In his letter, James addresses practical issues of life that are as well as current as this morning's newspaper. You know, in our hostile world, we know that trouble is, well, simply part of our lives. Hardships, disappointments, tragedies, rejection, fear, persecution, conflict, unrealistic expectations, financial marriage, and even family troubles. You see, God's Word never promised us to spare us from these trials, but God promises always to help us face these trials. Well, the book of James speaks to many of those issues. It's interesting that James himself, who is Jesus' half-brother, never really became a believer in Jesus until after the resurrection. So we see from James that he struggled with these same things about belief. And because he overcame that and came to faith in Jesus Christ, he writes to the Jewish people that no matter what you're facing, you can overcome the hostile world, a world that really is hostile to biblical truth and to
0: a biblical lifestyle. Next time, Pastor Mark will share with us that the decisions we make today make who we're going to be tomorrow. This seems so obvious, but yet people continually make bad choices. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark explains there are two kinds of wisdom, human wisdom, which is false, and God's wisdom, which is true. Be sure to tune in to learn how living life with God's point of view, His values and in His timing is the only wise path. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Let us hear your lessons for this.